Welcome to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin, and you're listening to part two of my conversation with Ron Ward. Ron is an amazing guy. He's a speaker. He's the founder and CEO of Forward Operations, where they do leadership coaching. He's author of the fantastic book, The Dirty Side of Leadership. He's also co-host of a podcast by the same name, The Dirty Side of Leadership. And I really hope you enjoy the rest of my conversation with Ron. If you haven't heard the first part, pause this one, go back to part one, check that all out, and then catch up with this one in part two. Life is all about relationships, and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue Podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world, representing many disciplines about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. Well, tell us a little bit about your podcast, The Dirty Side of Leadership. How'd that come about uh, and how's it going right now? Yeah, I appreciate that, John. I ended up being on uh, Kristen Sokoloff's show. Uh, it's KSOC Uncensored. And we we bonded. And I had the desire to start a podcast, but I wanted a co-host. And mm. I wanted a female co-host, frankly. I thought it would bring some uniqueness to a podcast. But the other thing is our subtitle is where leadership meets entertainment. Mm. So we've tried to go on and have some fun. We're pretty opinionated. It's a little edgy because it is uh, the Dirty Side of Leadership podcast. So oh, yeah. I, I, I really wanted to bring a little different dynamic to leadership. So <clears throat> I tell some federal stories. I told one last week that's gotten a lot of attention. It is a very interesting story. And it was on emotional intelligence, the podcast was, but this is someone who scored like 65 on an IQ test. And yet I interviewed them and they literally caused a whole used car dealership to go insolvent and a wow. um, credit union to just close the doors. Uh, it was a multi-million dollar case. And um, and this person supposedly, you know, was learning disabled. But when I interviewed, this was early on before people talked about EQ, you know, emotional mm-hmm. intelligence. So it it caused me to learn a great deal about that aspect of um, someone's, you know, personality and ability to function. And this person certainly had ability to function. Uh, so mm. anyway, uh, back to the podcast, we we just try to bring in interesting topics. And right now we're not doing guests. I think we will probably okay. evolve to that. But right now we take a topic and we've got a Facebook group and they're really active and they they weigh in on things we sometimes pull them we've got a linkedin group as well and we pull them have giveaways and it's just been it's a challenge don't get me wrong when i'm traveling there's been a few times i'm like i told uh, Kristen, i'm like we got to get one podcast in the hangar here so yeah life happens and if you've been doing it for that long that tells me you've got some real consistency john i congratulate you because it's been a little more of a challenge than i i realized uh, but man, has it been fun. And um, mm-hmm. I, I, you're going to find this interesting, John. I got a coaching client from the episode number one. Really? Had someone reach out 
episode wow. number one and a full-fledged coaching client hired me on the nice. spot. So I thought that was very unique. You want to boost your confidence. For sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, the thing with podcasting is however often you've decided it's going to be, it is an animal that has to be fed. It does. You can't. Again, if whatever that frequency is. Yeah. Yeah. If you're an entrepreneur, listen, I'm telling you, I, you know, I've been asked words that I think are most important. And I have to say, the longer I'm in this, consistency is probably one of the most mm. important words, especially for entrepreneurship. Yes. You've got to be consistent. You can't say your podcast is coming out Wednesday and it, you know, and it changes every week. If you're going to build up that consistency and that faithful group of followers, you know. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. You know, and I would encourage you with this right now, if you are doing your podcast and it's topic based, stick with that until you decide that's not what we want to do. Yeah. Um, now, I knew for me early on, I was going to have a mix of solo episodes and interviews. Now, there were more solo episodes early on than there are now because I'm having the opportunities to meet so many amazing people like you to have you on the show that, again, people I want to talk to, people I want to learn from. So, and I, and I think that comes through, not only in the questions that I ask, but in the way that I ask them. Hopefully, you're getting a sense from me that I value what you're saying. It's important to me. Honestly, right now, I feel like I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm a sponge that just touched water for the first time. So I know what it tastes like, and now I'm ready. I'm I'm just kind of sucking it all in right now. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, we have to be a lifelong learner. And you and I connected, I think, on Instagram. You know, we were talking mm -hmm. about social media. We would have never known of each other had it not been for social media. So just, a, a, you know, another important caveat to add about making those connections. Mm -hmm. But yeah, John, I, I, of course, I know, you know, I'm sure your listeners know you went through a tragedy, but I somehow... Yeah came on that. And uh, it, it really moved me. I, I knew you were a sincere, legitimate person. It, it comes through and, and I could see that. And I always try to be that myself. You know, we are no better than anyone else and, and everyone needs someone. And yeah. uh, it's so important. Yeah. I appreciate that, Ron. That means a lot because that's what I try to do. And back to one of those things we were talking about before about, um, not only encouraging people, but living out what you say, you know, I don't, I didn't feel like I could in good conscience continue to coach people and tell them it's like, Hey, you need to be out there showing people who you are as a person, you know, and don't be afraid to talk about when things are not going well. Well, I can't say that to somebody else and not talk about the fact that my mom died. I had to talk about it. Right. Um, in fact, the very first video I did was literally within 12 hours of me finding out. I did my first one. I think that's the video I heard. I, I really yeah. Did. And I would not have brought that up on this podcast, but I knew you had already talked about it. But I think I think I heard the very first one because it had just happened. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, it probably came through in the video. I've watched it since I put it out, but I think it came through that it was it was expected but it was still raw for me and that I didn't know exactly how to feel right then. I'm not sure I 100% know how I'm supposed to feel now, but I know that 
I had certain conversations with my mom before she passed that we needed to have that made me feel better more about, okay, this isn't totally what this podcast is about, but we talked more about eternity kinds of things that my mom and I did. Yeah. Um, and so, because we, we've had a little bit different kind of faith backgrounds, my mom and I, so that's part of the reason why I, I had that kind of conversation with my mom, among us, some other things. And so that made me kind of feel better about how things were going with her internally. And just, I don't know any other way to be, Ron. I, I don't know a better way to say that. Uh, to me, to not do that video would be like lying. Mm -hmm. that, that's just how I feel about it. It just, it would feel very disingenuous of me. Because that's one of the things that's the most frustrating to me is these folks that, you know, we call influencers, some people call them leaders, that every time you see a post or a video that this person puts out, I mean, it's like everything is perfect. They're in, in the most glorious place you could possibly imagine. And the sun is always shining. The birds are always singing. And they're always making millions of dollars. I'm like, give me a freaking break. Yeah. That is not real life. I don't know anybody. And I, and I know some extremely wealthy people where life is not like that for them. You know, I find this interesting, John, as most of my coaching, like, you know, the word life coach, some people give that a bad rap and, you know, it's <laughs> kind of been made fun of in some Hollywood movies. So, you know, I provide executive and uh, career coaching. But it's so interesting to me, whether it's a doctor, uh, a lawyer, no matter who it is, it goes right back to either self-esteem or, you know, broken relationships. And there, there's mm. always those underlying factors that it, it might as well be life coach, because we got to work on some of these things before we uh, get into the career stuff. So I just see that so frequently. And it is a, you know, it is a hurting and broken world. Mm. And that's just a reality. And and look, John, I think you're very optimistic. I think we got to be, you know, these things are seasonal or I always yes. tell managers, if you're looking at behavior, is this an isolated incident or is this a pattern? No. <clears throat> if someone has a pattern, every time they come on, <laughs> they've got a new issue uh, that turns people off. I tell leaders, you know, that positivity is a magnet and it draws people. But also vulnerability is very yes. powerful tool. if you use it at the right times and use it in the <laughs> right way. Yeah. And I certainly sense that. I, I sense this is a positive guy who's, who's had a setback and he's being vulnerable. And, uh, and I've respected that. And I think I'm sure that your followers, listeners uh, appreciate that as well. Uh, we're not, I told someone else, there was someone, I don't remember what I did, but uh, I wasn't sleeping well or something. They're like, well, you're a leadership coach. And I said, I'm not perfect. I've never gone out <laughs> and said that I'm perfect. Um, we're on this journey together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, one of the things, and it it leads me to to a question I was going to ask eventually, so I'll go ahead and ask it now. Tell me about a time, Ron, that you failed big, and what was the result of that? Did you say that I failed? Yeah, that you failed. Yeah, let mm -hmm. me pick which one. <laughs> Well, you're, you're, you're proving my point right now. So, yeah, yeah, no kidding. One of the biggest failures, uh, without being too detailed, was literally allowing something to happen when I didn't really have the courage to step in the way I should have. And I made excuses to justify that. Mm. And I later call that managing personalities and not managing people. 
And uh-huh. I had allowed someone who had this bullying attitude to just kind of get by with some things that were on the fringes. I'm not going to say they were overt, mm-hmm. but I started realizing on my leadership journey that if you allow people to hurt other people, that's kind of implicitly on you. Mm-hmm. And I also realized when you take decisive action and it's done appropriately, it builds respect for the leader. Yeah. And so as I, you know, I teach these courage building exercises when I do training and I'd been doing them years before I started, you know, actually conveying this information for public consumption. And I dealt with this individual and it turned out to be the best thing, but it took way too long, John. Uh, this is not a mm-hmm. heroic story. I let this go on for probably two years mm-hmm. and uh, I was intimidated by this person's reputation and who they were and their knowledge and all of these things. So that's one of many. But if yeah. if, if you ask me to categorize what I see among in myself and many other leaders, it really is a lack of courageous leadership. Uh, and I had to develop that, even though I, like I said, fought on the U.S. karate team. Because of my upbringing, when I would have employees who were from Ivy League schools, big cities, I felt this little hint of intimidation because you know mm. I came from uh, the coal fields and, and wasn't exposed to what they were exposed. And I had to come to a point in my life to realize, okay, guess what? I have strengths they don't have. I can survive mm. in situations they could never survive. So I had to start reminding myself of that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it started to balance out. But it was a long answer. But. I do think a lack of courage, especially early in my leadership, was a huge mistake. You know, one of the things that I have learned in leadership is how important it is to encourage people to fail. Yeah. Because you're not learning if you're not failing. I've never learned anything doing it perfectly correct. Ever. Yeah. Never learned a thing. But only when I mess up, I have the opportunity to learn. Now, I've got to be able to work through it to get to the learning side. That's the key thing. That's what separates those who are true leaders versus those who are pretending. No, it's very true. And and in my world, you're exactly right. But in in the world of law enforcement, sometimes one mistake can cost your life. So that's a good point where that's where scenario based training comes in. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the that's the nexus between the two. But in general, in life. I get it. That's a very unique niche, this this federal law enforcement world. But you're exactly right. Uh, you you got to have a plan B also. You got to resiliency. You got to pick yourself back up. And that's the hardest is when you fail and try to, mm-hmm. you know, you got to pick yourself back up. I also hired the wrong person as a marketing director that came back to bite me. And mm. I started realizing I don't hire anyone unless I get a personal reference. Uh, mm. So I made mistakes in government and entrepreneurship, but I've certainly... Uh, the worst thing is to fail and not learn anything. That's that's what I tell everyone. As long as you're learning and growing, you know, well, go for it. I would I would say, and it, I actually differentiate, Ron, between failing and failure. Yeah. Failing, I already kind of identified, you know, tried something new, didn't work. I have an opportunity to learn. Failure to me is I messed up, but it's a state of being. It's a choice to stay exactly stuck. Right. Yeah. Now, see. As the as the coach in me, and I'm sure you can relate to this, the second one, I can't help that person. There's nothing I can do to help somebody who chooses to stay where they are. I can't. Yeah. But the first person, I can help that person all day long. 
yeah, failure, poverty, all these things are a mindset. They really are uh, that you can, uh, with the right steps, uh, sometimes it's more difficult for some than others, but you can improve. There's no doubt about that. Uh, But it takes a long time, especially if you've had a poverty mindset since you were a kid. Mm -hmm. It was someone, their parents, it was always, you know, barely scraping by, no dreams, no plans to ever do better. And Mm. this person on to coach them and that it would by the way it sounds good when i tell you that but you know six weeks in it's almost like we were starting back over and uh you know once the crisis it's like addiction really in a lot of ways you you will go back to what you're comfortable with or what you desire and Mm -hmm. uh, i would see now it wasn't as strong but i'm saying it would peak up its ugly head this this poverty mentality i don't know how i'm gonna i don't know how you know that type of um of verbiage and um, Mm -hmm. it's hard work to change your mindset and you can't do it overnight when you it's been ingrained in you since childhood that's true Uh, one of our podcast episodes we had a lot of fun with is why are you the way you are and we go (laughs) into the yeah, that psychological aspect of, mm-hmm. you know, going through your life from parents up to friendships mm-hmm. and, and so forth. And it's very powerful. I've done things that I didn't even realize. And I thought, oh, my God, that's my dad or that's my mother or mm-hmm. that's because I grew up that way. And you think, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm an adult. I've done all this stuff. I'm I'm not like that anymore. But it, it really is. It, it has a strong hold on you in early life. And you, you've got to decipher that and deal with that to move on sometimes. You do. And one of the things that can make that challenging, or at least it's something I've experienced, is people who knew you before and you've put the hard work in and you've made the changes, but they can't see it. All yeah. they see is who you were before. I'm I'm only smiling because I, uh, if you're listening, I got a big smile. I had someone who I went to high school with and they knew Ronnie Ward uh, mm. from high school. So yeah. fast forward all of these years and the guest speaker at her conference was yeah. none other than, <laughs> uh, you know, they had his name as Ron Ward and so she even said in the hallway, she knew nothing about me since the she was a year older. So, you know, mm-hmm. 11th grade, her senior, she's gone after her senior year when I became a senior. So no contact, really. Mm-hmm. So she actually said to me in the hallway, knows nothing about my journey. She goes, I couldn't believe it. I have to leave my family, come to this training and I look down and who is the guest speaker? Ronnie Ward. <laughs> and she just laughed. And, yeah. uh, but it this was a four-hour block in particular. Mm. And I could literally see her expression changing and starting mm. to participate and get into what? the training. And But I did have to prove, you know, that this is mm. not that junior, that, you know, that 11th grader that you were in school with who uh, had a lot of unbridled charisma, let's call oh. it. <laughs> and uh, I did I did gain her respect over that two day period, uh, for sure. So I was proud of that, you know, yeah, we, for we sure. Evolved and well, we I mean, it, there is another choice. I mean, you can choose not to true, but when you choose not to typically not so good things follow that. At least that's been my experience. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, so many people have also just settled 
you know, I, I have friends all the time. They are going to do the same thing this week that they did last week. Uh, they've settled into life. There's no challenges. There's no uh, real opportunities that they see. And um, mm -hmm. I think it's one of the most dangerous mindsets is when we settle. Um, I'm going to do a post, John, over the next couple of days. It's just going to say, is it time for a comeback? Mm. And, uh, I've been giving that a lot of thought because I was talking to someone and, you know, they talk about their football days or high school days or their accomplishments uh, <laughs> in years past, but yeah. nothing is relevant in their life today. So mm -hmm. thinking maybe it's time for a comeback. Definitely. Or a, a slightly different way of looking at it is maybe it's time to rebrand. Yeah. And that is, that is, <laughs> will be a part of the comeback. You can't look, if I was a great athlete, that doesn't mean I'm going to come back and play college basketball. Now I got to rethink, right. I got to look at not just my strengths, but my current strengths, uh, my current weaknesses. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting, Ron, that you mentioned that. Cause as soon as you said that the very first thing that popped in my head was thinking about folks, like I mentioned Tony Mandrich earlier, but I have a lot of folks on the program and I think you can relate to this, who were extremely successful early on in life. Yep. Did fabulously well, but they had to retire and moved on to a different phase of life. And that transition, how difficult, how challenging it can be for folks, especially, I mean, I'm thinking specifically of the professional athlete where you're told exactly everything you're told where to go when to be there and there's not a lot of having to think for yourself truly yeah i mean i've had some of the guys off the air share this with me it's uh, uh leah amico is a four-time olympic gold medalist softball player and she told me you know has gone into great detail with me about all the things they had to do and how it was all scheduled out for them and stuff. It's, I mean, it's, it's mind blowing to somebody like me who's never been through that and how difficult it can be when you're always told what to do. And then all of a sudden now there's nobody telling you what to do. Yeah. So what was that transition like for you coming from that, that federal background of what I would assume is somewhat regimented coming out of that and going into the world of an entrepreneur? How was that? Yeah, John, we, the, you know, I could talk a long time. I'm going to be very brief, but I thought I was prepared mentally, you know, and in my mind, I'm saying, okay, I'm not going to be academy director anymore. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I've written this book or I'm almost finished all that. Uh, you had a couple of mine with a pandemic. And um, hmm. at the time that I retired, I was at home and I remember going from, you know, having a staff IT department, all that to plug in a laptop in the corner of the room. <laughs> And, um, but the biggest thing that happened to me, there was, there was a couple of things. Number one is if I watch TV or something during the day, I, I would look over both shoulders psychologically, like big brother has to be watching me. Am I supposed <laughs> to be watching TV at 11 o'clock during the day? Yeah. That was one thing. And the other thing was uh, falling asleep. It was very difficult. I don't know why I had always been on that really early schedule. And like you said, everything was regimented, even though I had some flexibility, there's certain phone calls or certain things and you got to be there when an academy starts early, traffic became terrible. It's all those things. And all of a sudden it all stops. And yeah. I, I did struggle. I, I struggled, John, and I had to go back to some basics. I had to uh, talk to some other people. 
it's great when you talk to somebody that's been there, but I still am not great at chilling out. I'm still working on that. I think that's the part, you know, I work all the time and um, I, I am, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm going to, I'm going to take a vacation here uh, before too long and good for and you try to shut down and uh, enjoy the fruits of the labor a little bit. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Definitely do that. Because I believe relationships are so critical to life in general, but then to business. I want to know what is it that you're doing right now, Ron, to build into, to make better or to improve your most significant relationships and what impact do those relationships have on your business? Yeah, I, again, I'll be brief, but I think checking in and checking on when you check in with someone that lets them know you're thinking about them, uh, when you check on someone, you're, you're finding out, especially if it's a particular season. And, uh, you know, it all goes back. It sounds simple, but it all goes back to communication, but heartfelt communication. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's a lot of situations, now we have those rare friends we might talk once a year, but in general, it's about investing time. And I, I tell the yeah. story in my book, but one time I'm out with my youngest daughter. I'm an academy director. I got all this stuff going on and she's telling me something. We're at dinner and I checked my government phone. I had two phones yeah. and she looked at me and said, dad, I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't check your phone while I'm talking with you. Mm. All I needed, John, that's all I <laughs> needed. And I think we have to be deliberate. I think we have to be intentional. And I know those are words you hear a lot, but uh, maybe it's time if you're listening to rekindle some friendships, let somebody know you're thinking about them. They don't expect, most people don't expect a lot. They just expect something. And, uh, yeah. and, and a lot of times that's just, hey, John, how you doing? I was thinking about you today. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that beautiful words to hear? Oh my uh, gosh, yes. I, I, that, that's pretty simple, but I think that's where it lies. And you know, as far as other relationships, I try not to, you can use people, you can manipulate people and everything can be about business because I had a situation where I needed something from a friend and I hadn't called them in a long time. Mm. So I knew I did want to speak with them. I really did, but I needed something business-wise. So I decided to take it on the chin and just be honest. I said, Hey, yeah. I know we haven't talked in a while. I've missed you. I do need something, but I certainly want to catch up first, you know, and sometimes I think just being honest, it depends on the person, but uh, sure, it, it seems to go fine. I, I just don't like when people have those false motives and, you know, they don't really care about you. They, they want your influence. They want whatever you've got. That sounds like almost everyone. Okay. That's not a fair assessment. I'm noticing that more and more people who are reaching out to me on LinkedIn who want to connect that the very first communication they have with me once I say yes is trying to sell me something. Yeah. Now, I don't know how you are about that stuff, Ron. I just tell you how I am. Relationships are so important to me. I don't do business with anybody that I don't have a relationship with. And I mean, no one. I refuse. I will not do it. Part of that's my entrepreneur mindset that I'm into. Whenever possible, I do business with other entrepreneurs because I think it's that important. I think it's that important in yeah. general, not just because I'm an entrepreneur, but because I think it's important to how our overall economy works, that sort of thing. So, I mean, I really buy into it and I think it's important. But secondly, because I believe relationships are so important that there's no way in the world 
that your widget, your thing, your service is something I absolutely have to have outside of a relationship with you because you can't know that without knowing me. That's not possible. Yeah. And we're dealing in the intellectual property. There's a difference. You know, we don't have brick and mortar. Right. It's exactly. Not an infomercial where you're holding a product. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. More delicate, I think, in that, in that regard, for sure. I will tell you, I hired a marketing firm and they did when I got a LinkedIn, it did promote my book, but I went in and changed the language in the introduction myself because I didn't mm. like it. It was too salty. Okay. And <laughs> uh, I uh, basically said, no pressure at all. I just want to make you aware this book that it might be able to help your agency. And I got, I got to be honest, I got a lot of positive. I made some pretty serious connections doing that, but I think nice. part of it was the the language. But it is a lot of fun, John, I have to be honest. When I get those marketing, like you're talking about, you get that mm -hmm. sales thing, is I just respond with mine. I've got a copy and paste. I just put it in there and send it right back just for fun. <laughs> I have to entertain myself sometimes. <laughs> That's, I'm going to have to try that approach. That sounds, yeah. that sounds yeah, fun. Just build you up your own little cells and send it right back to them. Okay. Okay. How would you define success? That's a, a great question. And, and honestly, I'm going to have to say just happiness and fulfillment because I know people from working mission fields to, you know, being in danger, working child trafficking to CEOs. And mm. it is based on what fulfills you and what makes you happy. And mm. that is different for everyone. And yeah. it bothers me when people give me the definition of success. Uh, that bothers me. I do think uh, sometimes you can help people reach their potential. Mm -hmm. I think that's an individual. I've learned a lot about myself since I retired. I know a lot more about what makes me happy and what doesn't and um, what makes me feel fulfilled, what makes me feel empty. And we have to, uh, we have to come to terms with that. I think to be successful, I really do. Sure. What would you say is your top daily habit? My top daily habit is, is fitness. Um, okay. I do not function well. I know that may be a little surprising. I don't know. But for me, I don't function well. I'm going to be honest with you, John. I, I'd never had COVID and I had COVID last week. And that's, oh, wow. why my, that's why my eyes are looking a little puffy here today because I haven't. I've just now gotten over like I'm two days in, in the mm. uh, negative world. So uh, and by the way, if you want to do a motivational speech for me, I got to go do my first workout in a week after this podcast. So uh Oh, wow. <laughs> I, could use that, I could use that coaching talk. No, but that's the, that's, I've learned that's the balancer. And of course, also um, eating well and hydrating. Those are two mm. things. Even though I have a wellness component, I was over our national wellness committee. I caught myself not long ago realizing I'm not hydrating like I should be. I hydrate, mm. but not like I should be. You have to have, give focused attention, I think, to be well. You really do. Yes. It's it's doesn't come easy. It's it's a battle. So um, sure. Yeah, that's kind of the best way I can answer that. I think. Yeah, you know something that I've said several times on the podcast before that that I truly believe is that when people talk about health, I look at it in more of a total way of looking at health. And what I mean by that is, to me, it comprises four aspects. Yes, there is the physical health. There is emotional health. There's mental health, which those are not the same. And then there's the spiritual health, those four. And if any one of those is out of whack, we're not healthy. Yeah, you can't separate them. You can't. And true. I really didn't un fully understand that until like a couple years ago. 
that makes me very sad for me. Yeah. (laughs) That it took me that long to figure it out. John, I'll give you a catchphrase I use in all my trainings is get Mm. a PhD in you. And Uh um, man, people write that down. They repeat it back to me. I'm getting a Mm. PhD, man. I, I break down the elements that I didn't know about myself and it didn't happen until I retired. Yeah. I learned so much about myself, everything from that sleep window to what foods you respond to well, toxic people that are mm-hmm. dragging you down. I mean, there's so many things that can disrupt that flow you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of the times we just go through life blindly and we're not analyzing yeah. ourselves and trying to figure out, you know, how do we actually uh, function on a higher level, you know, mm-hmm. maximum productivity along with rest and other things. So. That's a journey. Now, I also, I lead up to this, uh, but I say get a master's degree in your staff. <laughs> yeah. I think we have to understand the season of life. If someone's going through something major and you're the manager and you don't even know about it, that doesn't send a good message. You know, yeah. I get it. Sometimes there's huge corporations. You can't know everyone, but that's why you have middle management. And that's what CEOs need to encourage middle managers. You got to get to know your staff. And understand them. People communicate differently. And, you know, we won't delve into that, but I go into the different types of communication, what's appropriate, not appropriate. And um, the greatest thing I think of leadership training, especially if you're managing people, is um, communication. Honestly, yeah. it's it's being a good communicator, uh, conveying your thoughts, emotions, feelings uh, in, a, in, in the right way at the right time. Yeah. Who is investing in you right now? And how do you invest in yourself? Yeah, I've got a, um, well, I've got several people that I feel like has invested in me. I've got another leadership trainer in the area by the name of Doug Dickerson, and we meet on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. But also I wrote about, I've got a mentor, a long-term mentor, Dr. Sam Samples. He lives in West Virginia. I was able to visit him when I was speaking in an event there recently. But man, you want to talk about you call him, it's nothing, but I'm so proud of you, all your accomplishments. Mm. And he was over the whole Eastern United States Federal Bureau of Prisons. Wow. And uh, yeah, he he was um, very important to, to my development. And there's mm. a lot written about him in my book. Uh, investing in myself is exactly the things we've talked about. But I do try, I always have a guilty pleasure, you know, like I'll watch some mm. off the wall show. <laughs> Something that makes me just not think about life. Yeah. And, um, so uh, that's very important for me. But I also have some focus time. Like I get in the shower, I turn on the podcast. I'm on, I'm going to listen to your podcast, John. And I, I fully plan to do that. It's just I got set back a little with the COVID thing. But um, I want to at least listen to an episode before we talk. But, yeah, I just try to invest and evaluate. Invest and evaluate. And, um that's probably produced more positive things than anything else, you know, for me. Now we're we're coming up to closing time, which is we'll we'll get to our final four. But before we do that, Ron, how can folks reach out to you? How can they find you? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, the best way is my website and it's a number four. And I did have to I had to figure this out later, but some people when they type in four ward, it'll automatically space. For them because it's generated and that caused some problems. I've got a new planner called the Forward High Performance Planner on Amazon. Uh, I was always frustrated frustrated with planners, John. So I wanted to design one that, you know, I like the content. Uh, I did it with my co-host, Kristen. So, 
yeah, it is book form. I want to make sure people know that. So we okay. did it book form so it would slide into backpacks and all that. Okay. But uh, sales are really good. I had a company buy 55 a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Um, I always keep a carrot, you know, dangling. I always have a project that I'm working on. <laughs> but yes, the best way to reach me is forwardoperations.com. And it's mm -hmm. 4WARD operations.com. I'm on Instagram, Ron underscore Ward underscore. And uh, the rest of my social media is my name. Uh, but yeah, the website is is probably that initial phase. I've got two online courses. I've got the Fundamentals of Leadership course. And John, you'll like this. There's 20 contributors. One of them was mm -hmm. the executive producer of Walker, Texas Ranger. I have a medical director, nice. former DEA Academy director. There's some really quality leaders that have yeah. contributed. And we take the 100 lessons in my book, and uh, and they're in the back of the book um, that you may have seen already. Mm -hmm. But one out of five, I have a different leader opine and contribute. And nice. it's different from the book. You know, even yeah. my content is different from the book, but it does cover those 100 dirty lessons. So that has been amazing. Uh, I will tell you from an entrepreneur standpoint, it didn't start selling and still I until I started making phone calls, I had this magical idea that if I just put it out in the social media world, that everybody would want to buy it and it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So I started making those phone calls and ended up, it, it sold uh, a lot, a lot of seats. I've got an interview course, a 25 minute interview course that I'm very proud of. Uh, we use some pretty state of the art production. I also coach interviews on the side. I'm coaching someone right now. I reached out yesterday, or we started our first session yesterday, I should say. Uh, I came up with an interview system that, again, I'm very proud of, and that's on my website. But nice. yes, I've got uh, quite a few products out there now, John, and uh, I'm going well to try to keep adding to that. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Just doing things to help people. That's right. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. All right. Well, we're going to kick into our final four. So okay. question number one. This one for most people tends to be the most challenging to answer, but I suspect you might not have that challenge. Okay. Why did God create Ron? Yeah, I do believe everyone has a purpose. I, I think life is, uh, is invaluable. And John, you'll appreciate this. I say this even in government training. I put the highest category of leadership. I talk about knowledge, processes, habits, the, the things you've got to develop as a leader and empathy, and I put creativity at the mm. end, and it creates conversation because they're like, why is creativity the most important? And I'm able to say, well, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Mm. And um, so I do think it's a high level when you get to the point where you're creative. So I, I think that God created me to help people, but also I, I've got two daughters. I now have a new little grandson and my mm. my daughters are great americans they're great christian americans i've never dealt with a lot of the stuff that other parents have dealt with and if you had me gauge my leadership and i've been asked this on multiple podcasts what is my greatest contribution to leadership it's my daughters and i'm mm. more proud of that than anything else that that i've accomplished but yeah i think i'm i'm called to make the world a little better place and uh, share my faith share my a belief system and encourage people. Love that. Number two, what are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? 
Yeah, I well, that's a lot. I, I do multiple <laughs> books, but there's one book called Halftime, and I'm developing a program, and it's about the second half of your life, uh, mm, kind of mm-hmm. like where I am, post-retirement, uh, things like that. I always keep a copy, and I have it right here, and this is very short. It's Van Crouch, an old leader, but it's winning 101, and you want to talk about yeah. some great quotes, John. It's amazing. Uh, so I, I'm always reading. Uh, I'm always trying to develop. And uh, I forgot the second part of the question. I'm sorry. Well, I was just, if there's something you're doing, reading or listening to that's helping you grow. Yeah. And I'm constantly, as I said, listening to podcasts and, and, um, and then right now, instantaneous is I'm going to go work out, John. I, uh, I'm going to get back in the groove. Wow. You feeling well enough to do that. So good for you. Yeah. I'm going to do light, but yes, I have to. Okay. And let's be honest. Your light is probably heavy for most people. Come on. I, I don't know. I, I, I've made myself. I'm going to go. I'm going to go pretty light. I'm going to run about a mile, mile and a half, and then I'm going to do very light circuit training. So okay. Well, no good ninja for training you. today, John. No ninja training. Yeah, it's uh, my my workouts usually are at night, and it just tends to work better for my schedule. Yeah. And I'm one of those weird people where I just don't like there to be a lot of people around while I'm doing it. I don't know why. I just well, don't. You don't want to intimidate them. I'm sure. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. What do you do for fun? Uh, I play guitar. Nice. Uh, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. I love TV. I It was ironic, but I was at a gathering uh, recently in Charleston, and uh, I ended up at a table with uh, Danny McBride's wife. And he's pretty coarse, you know, his style of humor. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my God, it's this guy creative. So I had a great conversation with her and her mother, they got a copy of my book. It's a long story, but I do love TV shows. I think some of the greatest writers are on the planet. Breaking Bad to me is still the all-time greatest show I've ever watched. And mm. at one point in my career, I could almost cook meth. I didn't. I'd like to put that very clear to all the law enforcement people listening. But, <laughs> um, I knew a lot about meth, so it made it even more interesting to me. Oh, so, I bet. Um, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I do like a quality TV show. And, um, you know, reading and I've already been vulnerable. I'm, I'm still working on, on getting that PhD. I'm working on chilling out more. Mm-hmm. What are you most grateful for? I am. Well, I've already mentioned my daughters and, yes. and my son-in-law and my, and my grandson. I, I'm grateful, but also John, I have been through a lot, you know, and even we talked about martial arts. I broke so many bones, so many things happened. I witnessed a shooting. There's a lot of stuff you'll see in the book. So I'm really, and this is going to sound generic, but I'm happy to be alive. And I never thought that my 50, I could never imagine this, that my 50s would be the best time of my life. And they, and they are. Mm. Uh, I'm in that season where, you know, you're always a dad. Trust me. You know, my daughters always need something. But yeah, um, yes, it's that point where I have some flexibility. I've seasoned. I don't have the same fears I used to have. I don't have the same insecurities. I don't have the same blind ambition. And I'm in a good place, John. I'm thankful for life. I'm mm-hmm. thankful for the journey um, where it's brought me. I can see that. That, that comes through loud and clear. It I does. I appreciate that, as does yours. Oh, thanks. Well, do you have any final or parting words for our audience before we let you go today? As I say in all my podcasts and all my uh, Instagram posts, be the leader you're meant to be. 
Well, folks, I can't say it any better than that. So, Ron, thank you so much for spending some of your time with us today. It really has meant the world to me. And I know our audience is going to be better because we got to spend some time with you. Thank you, John. I was honored to be here for sure. And thanks to all of you for tuning in today because you have, as always, given me your most precious resource, and that's your time, because I know you can't get it back. So thank you for that investment of time, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.